The world is operating according to the prince of the power of the air, who we know to be Satan. And we know that he is behind all the works of the sons of disobedience. And we know that we all, prior to knowing Christ, we were all sons of disobedience, sons of wrath. In other words, because of the sin that resides in us. And we were all born with sin. We had sin nature uh, because of, of Adam. But we know that we were all in the past prior to meeting Jesus. We were all in that category. We we're all equal. As far as sin goes, we were all equally sinners, right? Uh, but thank, thank God for his son who he sent down to release us from that um, status, from that being, from that, because it was in us. It was made within us because of Adam's sin, his transgression. Um, verse 3 reads, Among whom also we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. In the past, we were led by the flesh or carnal mind. And we know we are led by the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ now. So in the past, we were led by our carnal nature, our carnal mind, our flesh. Now we are led by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit that lives and resides within us. And we are told we are a new creation. We're different. We're new. Uh, there has been an internal change within us that has taken us from what we were once before Christ to what we are now after Christ. We are better off today than before we accepted Jesus. Amen. Christ is my Savior. Christ is our Savior. I can look back in my life and see, you know, and there's many people, I asked a lot of people, um, you know, where do you think you're going? Do you think you're going to heaven or hell? Where, where is your eternal um, future? They said, well, I, I haven't killed anyone. I don't steal. I don't murder. Um, so they're just looking at the heavies, right, of sin, the things that stand out. But sin goes further than that. And disobedience goes further than that. Hatred is sin. Jealousy is sin. There's so much more than the obvious that is sin. That's why we all need forgiveness. I actually asked someone that question, and they said, well, I'm good. I said, that's not enough, because none of us are perfect. You may be good in your own eyes, in your own sight, but in God's sight, you're not. You missed the mark, and so you really need Jesus. If you want eternal uh, salvation, if you want eternity in heaven, you need Jesus to forgive you and change you. It is only by those means that we can have the promise, which is eternal life. Now, verses 4 through 6, which I'm going to read. Uh, verses 4 through 6 is our life after God's mercy. And it reads, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verses 4 through 5, God is merciful because of the great love with which he loves us. Even in spite of the condition of having been dead, he brought life into us. 
Mercy is God's. You know, I looked up the word in the concordance, what mercy is. I've often heard that mercy is unmerited favor, but in the Greek, the, what, the, what mercy actually means is God's kindness and goodwill towards humanity and offering salvation through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, it's his kindness towards us. It's his love. Grace is God's goodwill, according to the Greek. God's goodwill, loving kindness, and favor extended to us. What does that mean? Grace, favor extended to us. We, there's nothing we can do that can please God or, or nothing that we can do that is good in God's sight. So there's nothing that I can do that can earn eternity or earn salvation. It's only through the blood of Christ. It's only through his forgiveness. And that's what grace is really all about. It's not about what I do. It's about what God does for us and in us. Not about anything, anything that we, we can do nothing to earn God's grace or salvation. It's what he has done through his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 6 Made us to, he made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our home is in heavenly places. We are citizens of heaven. I was having a discussion this morning with my brother Phil. Sometimes we lose sight of our heavenly residence. Who, what we're really truly citizens of. We live in this country... We live in the United States. We live on this planet, but it is not our home. We are strangers passing by. Our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. Amen. And once we grab sight of that, that our citizenship is in heaven, I, I love my country, but I love heaven more. I'll pray for my country. I'll pray for our president. But the kingdom that I serve is not any nation on this planet. It is the kingdom of God. It is heaven. And I have to stay heavenly focused. And, and like my brother and I were talking about today, we so easily get, get lost in the things of the world and work. And, 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 you know, keeping up the house. I'd spend so much time working on my house. Sometimes I wonder, is, is it a blessing or is it a curse? <laughs> right? Because there's so much work that goes into maintain, especially when you have an acre to have to clean. Uh, is it a blessing or is it a curse? Um, well, it's a blessing. Make sure it's stays that way and not a curse. Don't give it more attention than my citizenship in heaven where my treasures truly lie. So we're not citizens of this country, of this world. And we should love all peoples of all nations because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe would have eternal life. That's, and that's what we care about. Pastor Joe often says, there's people dying out there all the time. And I have to do as much as I can to you know, help people get to their destination, which is heaven. That's because his mind is set on the kingdom of God, not on this world, not on this planet. Let's go on to verses 7 through 10. 7 through 10, Paul then begins to talk to us about uh, saved by grace and not by works. Um, I kind of touched on a little bit, but let's go ahead and read verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. We are saved by God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's not anything I did to deserve. It's simply a matter of fact that God loved us all enough to send his son. And it is by God's love that we're saved, his kindness and his favor. It is a gift of God. It is nothing I have earned. It is a gift. When someone gives you a gift, you don't do anything to earn it. It's a gift. It's the person bestowing favor upon you because they love you. When I get a gift to my wife or to my children, for example, on their birthday, I don't give it to them just to give it to them. I give it to them because I love them. There's nothing they've done to earn it. I give it to them because I want to because I love them. And likewise manner, God so loved us so much that he gives us this gift of forgiveness and salvation because he loves us. Not, not because of anything we do, but because of what he has done through Christ. It's a gift. And through faith in what God offers, we are saved. So it is nothing we do and Kind of already touched on nothing that I, I can do or we can do that will earn us salvation, but it was what Christ has done. And when we accept this gift, and the gift is his son, we've, we've, we are blessed as he talks about in the first chapter, all the blessings of being in Christ. Not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Other than to accept the gift of salvation, there is nothing we can do to attain it. It is a work of God. It's a work of God. That's what makes Christianity so different from every other religion. It's not what we do, it's what God has done. I, I, there's, it doesn't matter how many works I have. I am not saved by works. As Steve likes to say, I'm saved for works. So we do works because we are saved. We don't do works to be saved. And what does James say? Without, without faith, without works, your faith is dead. So yeah, we need to keep the faith alive by being servants. Verses 11 through 13, Jesus reconciles all nations to God. It reads, verse 11, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise having no hope and without God in the world so he's talking here to Gentiles right? he's talking really to, to all of us a Gentile is a foreigner not of the nation of, of Israel so he's, he's talking to everybody, including the, including the Jews. Therefore remember that you once, Gentiles in the flesh, Paul speaks to Gentiles' previous condition or status. A Gentile belonged to a people, group, or nations, not worshiping the one true living God. That's how the 
That's how the Jewish people looked at Gentiles. They don't, they don't worship the one true living God because they, have multi, they had multiple gods. And in some places, even on the planet, there are still people that are worshiping multiple gods, hundreds, thousands of gods. But there is only one true God, the creator of all who are called uncircumcision. The people called Gentiles uncircumcision, referring to people groups who do not have the same promise given to Abraham and his ancestors. So God promised Abraham an inheritance. And we've been what? What does the word of God say? We've been grafted into Abraham. We have become Jews in, in our heart. Because what? What is a Jewish person? A Jewish person is one who is obedient to the one true living God. When we do that and accept Jesus, we become, in a sense, Jewish. We have been grafted into the promises given to Abraham. Almost the same, same standing as the Jews. God looks at a Jew and a Gentile exactly the same. There's no, no difference. Why? Because the Jew or the Gentile, as long as they have accepted Jesus have been saved and all the promises given to Abraham apply. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once, once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, by the blood of Christ. God's offer for salvation through Jesus is extended to all nations. John 3.16, For God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but save the world through him. So in Jesus Christ, all nations have been reconciled to God. All peoples, all groups, all the world has been reconciled of those who accept Jesus Christ. But the invitation, the gift, is available to anyone who accepts it. Verses 17, verses 14 through 17, uh, Christ our peace is what Paul talks about. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle of the wall of separation. For he himself is our peace. Jesus is our peace. If ever we're going through a struggle or a hard situation or financial problems or any, any kind of issue, if we turn to Christ, if we turn to Jesus, he will bestow upon you a peace that cannot be understood by people that are outside of Christ. God, sometimes the peace that he gives me, I don't understand myself, but it's just there. Why? Because the Holy Spirit resides in my heart, in our heart, and it's that Holy Spirit that gives us this peace in spite of what is going on. How was it when James, uh, Stephen, was being stoned, he, he had a smile on his face and he's seen the Son of God seated at the right hand of the Father and he was able to forgive and have perfect peace in the midst of him being stoned to death. He was still able to forgive those who were basically murdering him, stoning him to death. He had that love and he had that peace that only comes through Christ. Jesus says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives I give to you. Let not, let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let it be afraid. So we have nothing to fear because of the peace of Jesus that resides in us. The many missionaries that go say they have no fear of death. Why? Because they have Christ in their hearts. And it is God's will for them to go and die for them. So be it. That is their, that they're sold out. 100%. They don't care about this life more than they care about the life to come. And when they go into the nations, death is something they don't fear. And Jesus said, don't fear. There may be coming times where we will be persecuted as Christians. Jesus is saying to us today, don't fear. Don't worry about what's going on in the world. Don't worry about Russia. Don't worry about Ukraine. Keep your eyes on me. Don't fear. Don't fear what this nation can do because I will give you the peace you need to get through it. We know what's going to happen. We've read the end of the story, right? We've read the end of the book. So let it happen because wonderful things are promised to us when those times come. The prophets were thinking we, were, we, we would be blessed to see these days come and they're coming. We're blessed Amen. to see Jesus return. The prophets wish they could be here to see that. We get to see it. We should get excited. When things are getting crazy, it's because God has something in store. That's kind of radical thinking, right? That Jesus was radical, wasn't he? So, oh, so if we can be radical for Jesus, let's be radical and not have any fear. Who has made both one. Jesus has made both Jew and Gentile equal in God's eyes. So Jesus has made all nations equal in God's eyes. doesn't matter what the color of my skin is, whether I have hair or not, and I seem to be losing more and more every day. <laughs> but whether I have hair or not, does it matter? My genetics, who my parents was, doesn't matter. What nation I belong to, doesn't matter. What, what my last name is, doesn't matter. My citizenship is in heaven. I am a child of God. That's what matters. And we're all one. We're all equal in God's sight. When we leave this existence and go into eternity, we're not even going to have these bodies. We're going to have bodies similar to angels, the word of God says, Similar to angels. So what, what we have to look for is greater than what we have today. Look forward to what God has for us in the future. And he has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now what he's talking about, what Paul's talking about here is there was a middle wall in the temple. There was outer, outer court of the Gentiles. And then there was an inner wall, and then there was a wall of the, the women, and then a wall of the Jewish men, and then there was a section for the priests to go before God. But the, the inner wall has been broken, meaning we all have access to God. That inner wall separated the Gentiles and only allowed Jews past that inner wall that circled the temple. Well, Paul is saying the inner wall is broken. In other words, there's nothing keeping you outside of what was available to the Jews as now is available to us. That inner wall is broken that went around the temple. But now we know that the, what the temple truly is, right? It's not a building made of hands. This is a place we worship in, and it is sacred because we use it for those things, but what is truly sacred is the body of Christ, which is the temple of God. 
where God resides is in each one of us. And we together are made up into the temple of God now. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Jesus abolished, done away with enmity. What is enmity? Enmity is hostility and hatred towards one another. He became the law and set both Jew and Gentile free, making peace between them. In other words, the love of Christ overcomes the hate and, and hostility we have one towards another based on, on differences of nationality or color or race or whatever. Those things are no longer issues amongst the body of Christ. And where there are issues in the body of Christ, God will take care of it. God will just take care of it. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting death, thereby putting to death enmity. The work on the Christ, the work on the cross brings all nations into reconciliation with God and thereby brings death to hatred and hostility. And we have this hope that one day the world will exist in total peace by the will of God under the authority of our, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our hope, that one day the world will be as it should be, not filled with hostility and anger. You know, as I look at what's going on in the world, and who are focused in on Russia and Ukraine, but there's so much more hostility, anger elsewhere. It just got to higher levels there. But there's so much. But all of that will be done away when Jesus returns. All of that will, will, will be done away with. In fact, the Word of God says that the weapons that were made for destruction will be made uh, to be used for plows and so forth in, in Israel. They will have no need for weapons uh, when Jesus returns. Verse 17, And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Jesus gives peace to both Gentile and the Jew and both have access to God through the Holy Spirit. Verses 19 through 22, Jesus Christ, our cornerstone, reads, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, and whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Interesting, the foundation of God's residence of the body of Jesus Christ. The church has as its foundation the apostles who walked with Jesus and taught us what Jesus taught them. The prophets who confirmed by prophecy who Jesus is. Upon that foundation is the cornerstone that has to be true and perfect for everything to align. We are aligned as a dwelling place for God by the one true and perfect Son of God. 
So in, in a building, in a temple, uh, a foundation is laid. They put a cornerstone in. That cornerstone has to be true and perfect. Each, each angle has to be precise, has to be perfect for that whole building to come together and be built perfectly. And we're told that Jesus Christ is our cornerstone and perfection occurs in that cornerstone because he's our cornerstone. So the body of Christ, we're all aligned to Jesus and the body of Christ becomes perfect because Jesus is the cornerstone. And that ends uh, this chapter of Ephesians chapter 2. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and offer an, an invitation. So we were all at one point lost without Christ. And then we were found, we were saved with Christ. If there's anyone that's never accepted Jesus or, or knows Jesus, you, you're welcome to come up and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And in doing so, you um, become a child of God. Your citizenship changes from that of this nation, this planet, to that of heaven, that of Jesus Christ in, in eternity. And then if there be no one here, I'll go ahead and close with prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I pray that all would be blessed and that we would always remember your grace, Lord, your Father's grace, that you, you loved us so much that you couldn't leave us uh, in our situation, in our status, and that you brought us your Son who saved us, uh, that we might have life, that the flesh might die, but your spirit might live within us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you all.